Texas baseball has a great weekend. And Big 12 Conference Championships start this weekend for both tennis and golf. This is Off the Bench Podcast with Luke Hendry and Robert Larkin. Welcome to Off the Bench Podcast. I'm Luke Hendry alongside Robert. And we cannot help but start with what Texas baseball did over the weekend and on Tuesday night. They finally seem to find some rhythm that they've been lacking all season long. And a big upset win against Texas Tech, who was actually ranked atop the Big 12 when they went to Lubbock. They, in fact, closed out Game 3 17-1 and run ruled them in the seventh inning. Larkin, what exactly do you think this Texas team you know, did differently against Tech? And, I mean, obviously they played better defense, they cleaned up the airs, and obviously had one of the best games batting. But, but what do you think they did better and then carried that on to their game against Texas State? And, and how do they maintain that throughout the regular season? Yeah, Luke, we talked about this earlier this season with our uh, one of our uh, guests, Tyler King, and he said that the Longhorns really they have the talent, but they were not executing on the offensive and defensive sides the way they needed to to get these tough, nitty-gritty wins. And Texas Tech, don't look past them. They're a very good baseball team. There's a reason they're ranked a top 25 team. And maybe they're not necessarily a top 25 team. Maybe they're overrated uh, this weekend, but they're still a very solid baseball team. And this is a huge, huge win for the Longhorns, and especially the fashion they did, 17-1. I had to readjust my eyes after I saw that opening score. I surely thought it was the other way around. But the Longhorns, what, what they're doing that's really important is, like Tyler said, I remember vividly him saying that the Longhorns need to start working the count, and they just need to start not only getting outs, but getting quality outs, moving runners, and putting the ball in play. And that's what they're doing. And they're also making solid contact with the bat, and we saw that uh, Tuesday night when they played Texas State. They snapped their four-game losing streak on Tuesday night, which is huge. I think the infield is starting to come together. Casey Clemens is playing well. He's uh, been playing really well lately, making some great strides as a hitter, something that I've been waiting for for about three years now. Zane Gerwitz is playing very well. Uh, Joe Baker at shortstop playing also really well. I think what the Longhorns are doing well that they weren't doing at the beginning of the season is they're squaring it up on the bat. And they did have, I mean, that's huge. They're not striking out also. They're putting the ball on the ground. In college baseball, unlike any other sport at the collegiate level, collegiate baseball is a lot different than other sports because the teams make a lot of mistakes. College football is a high level of play. College basketball is a high level of play. And that's not to say these kids aren't extraordinary baseball players. I'm just saying there's a lot of errors on the field and a lot of opportunities to have uh, opportunities on the base path. So what I, I was saying is that the Longhorns are putting are doing a nice job slapping the ball and putting it in play, and they're putting it on the ground. They're, they're getting these runs, and they're getting these hits that they weren't able to get just by simply squaring away and making good contact. Yeah, I think, I mean, last year they, they kind of did the same thing and, and struggled all season long, and then all of a sudden there, late, late in the season, they made some strides forward, won the Big 12 championship, which elevated them to a spot in the NCAA regionals. But I think that's obviously what they have to do again this year. I think I saw a stat somewhere where they actually have to win 13 out of their last 15, even to have a chance at making that NCAA regional championship. But the team is known to do the unexpected. We saw it last season, as I mentioned, so it'll be interesting to see how they last throughout the remaining season and on into postseason play. 
One player, though, that I want to talk about before we leave the baseball conversation is Kyle Johnston. I think he's been absolutely terrific from the mound. He's obviously been a leader, even though you know he's he's still a young gun for the program. But I mean, you just look at what he did against Tech and, and only giving up four hits in that um, game three of the series. I think you know his ability and firepower with his arm is going to be key throughout the season. And, and the longevity of this team, especially when we start getting into crunch time and Big 12 championship play where they're going to have to make some noise if they even want to make the NCAA regionals. Yeah, I think uh, Johnson's obviously uh, finally pitching – or not finally, but he's pitching very well <coughs> recently. And he, it was bound to happen. You, they, The staff needed someone to step up, and he's filling in that role admirably right now. Also, want to give a little shout-out to my boy Connor Mays. Uh, played – I mean, he didn't get that far in the game Tuesday, but, I mean, he settled down. I mean, he's pitching decently, and he's doing a good job on the mound. And he, I mean, these guys on Texas need to understand that no one needs to go out there and throw one or two hitters every game. They just need to keep the game close. And the way the horns are hitting right now, that's going to give you an opportunity to win baseball games. Just hold the runs in. uh, Let your fielders make some plays. You don't need to go and be a fire pitcher out there. You just need to get the ball on the ground. Let your fielders do the work for you. Just a real quick buy or sell to wrap the baseball conversation up. Uh, Do you think buy or sell this Texas baseball team making it to the NCAA regionals? Before I answer that, this Texas baseball team this season for me is like kind of like the the relationship where your your partner is like, (laughs) Is they keep doing nice things for you. They're winning some big games, and then they go and break your heart with a horrible loss. <laughs> and it's hard to put a lot of faith in this baseball team. But I think Augie Garrido's done after the season. I think the players know that too. I'm going to buy, but I would not be shocked if they don't make it. I mean, this team has a lot going against it. They have a big series looming this weekend. I think if they beat Oklahoma State this weekend, I'll officially mark it down, but... I'm writing this one in pencil. Uh, I'll buy that the Longhorns make the NCAA tournament. Well, good deal. We're, we're going to turn now to some of the Big 12 championships that are actually going to be taking place this weekend. Starting Friday, the men's and, ten- men's and women's tennis team will head to Stillwater for the Big 12 championship. Both teams kind of struggling throughout the season, not atop the Big 12 rankings. But then again, it's postseason play. There's going to be a lot of heart and emotion going through it. I was fortunate to actually go to a tournament uh, a few weeks back where, where Texas had a duel against TCU, and head coach Michael Center said it's just key for them to stay composed and carry their natural ability to these matches. It's a young program, and I think that's going to be important for them just to keep the emotions in check and play as, as solid as they can. But as for golf, now we're talking a completely different story. As we mentioned last week, this golf team is absolutely unreal Again, year after year, it seems like they're atop the Big 12, but this year they're actually still atop the nation in the IP polls. So, Larkin, I mean, there's a lot of hype surrounding a potential chance to go four straight Big 12 championships won by this Texas program. Coach Fields and the crew is going to be heading to Trinity, Texas this weekend to play Whispering Pines Golf Club, a place where they've won before. What do you think this team can do um, to potentially – you know, go quadruple, quadruple win there. Uh, I'm thinking this team is rightfully ranked number one uh, in the country. They have probably the best golfer in the country, uh, Bo Hosler, leading the team. 
And it's not only him. The depth on this team is obviously immaculate. I mean, uh, for those who don't know, I mean, golf is a very individualistic sport, but in college it's certainly not. You can't just win with one great golfer. It has to be a really well-rounded effort. And the Horns have the luxury of having three or four guys that are absolute studs on the course. And I think they have an opportunity. They've won at Whispering Pines, as you mentioned before. I mean, it's in their own backyard. I would be shocked if they lose this. But the problem is the Big 12 is actually, I mean, it's pretty. It's a pretty stout golf conference. I mean, uh, Texas is synonymous with college golf legacies. But we all, I mean, Oklahoma State is the seventh-ranked team in the country. They're also playing in this tournament. They have the alumni, Hunter Mahan, Ricky Fowler. Obviously, I mean, big names. They're known for producing great talent. I think what the Horns have to do this weekend is they're going to need a big showing from Bo Hosler, which I expect they'll have, and I expect the rest of the team to play alongside him. I mean, it's very it's very nice to have one guy you can really point to and be like, we know what he's going to do going in this tournament. And luckily, the whole year has been kind of based on Hosler going out there and playing extraordinary golf. Luke, please tell me more about the other guys on the team that you think should and will step up this weekend. The, the Texas Longhorn golf team is obviously highlighted by the number one college player, Bo Hostler. But if you look at the rest of the guys, Doug Kim, Gavin Hall, Scotty Scheffler, Taylor Funk, I mean, all four of those guys wrap up arguably one of the best golf teams that's been in collegiate golf for a long time. If you look at their record throughout the season, they have not lost or gotten beaten by a team in the Big 12 yet this this year. So if they just go out and stay true to their game, play the way they can, there's just no way that they're not going to win this this Big 12 championship. It's just almost inevitable. So it's just going to be big time for them to, you know, play the way they have all season. There's just not one great player besides Bo Hostler. All the rest of the four would be number one golfers at a lot of other programs. Yeah, Luke, I think what I'm curious to hear your thoughts about is do the Horns clinch this weekend? Do they win another Big 12 title? And tell me two or three concerns you would have going into the weekend. Obviously, conference tournament. I mean, there's. I mean, Texas is going to be in the NCAA tournament no matter what. But what can hold them back from really securing the number one overall seed at the NCAAs? I think. I think the big thing is. I mean, you got to look at the Big 12. Like you mentioned, Oklahoma State is number seventh in the nation. Uh, Oklahoma is, is number 20, and, and you can't disregard Baylor, Texas Tech, I mean, and, and even TCU. Texas golf and in collegiate standards is recruiting some of the best players in the nation because of the ability for them to come play somewhere that, where they can play year-round. So there's no doubt that every single team in the Big 12 has players who can go out and play. And so I think Texas needs to go in that with that in mind, not overconfident, just because they did so well the regular season. They still have to go hit the golf shots necessary to win a golf tournament. I think if they do that, they will definitely lock down this and win their fourth straight Big 12 championship. As for the national standards and when they go off to NCAA regionals and then hopefully into that top eight, the key is is for that is just you're playing against teams that you didn't get to play against all season. And obviously there were some invitationals early in the season where they got to compete against some of those programs. But when you get into the NCAA tourney, it's, it's a completely different mindset and especially that top eight when it's match play. A lot of these players don't get to play a lot of match play throughout the season, and so when they start playing match play, head-to-head matches, when it gets down to those last few eight teams, 
It's basically just who can keep their head on their shoulders and who can knock off the teams. It's been, you know, typically the best few teams are, are in it to the running. But, I mean, if you look at the past few years, it's Alabama, Georgia, Illinois, Stanford, Texas. Those are the teams that are at the top going into the last few rounds. Well, we're certainly hoping for a big win this weekend for the Longhorns. As we mentioned, the Longhorns and the other Big 12 teams will be heading down to Whispering Pines starting Friday the 29th through Sunday, May 1st, to see who will capture the Big 12 crown. Final note, I wanted to cap off the legacy of one of the best point guards in the last 10 years or so. Isaiah Taylor has officially signed an agent. Luke, tell me your favorite memory and tell me what you think he means to this basketball program. Man, that fa- favorite memory is hard to hard to pick. I, I think I, what I would take away from Isaiah Taylor is just the fight and the youth he showed each and every year at Texas. Um, there's no doubt that his loss is going to be hard, and it's going to be you know one of those things that you wish you didn't see. But he was a great player for Texas, and and will always be remembered. But I think for the program itself. They're not going to have to worry too much. I think those three freshmen that all played versatile roles this year at the guard position, Eric Davis III, Tevin Mack, and Kerwin Roach will will step up to that position. But I wish Isaiah the best and and hope he has a great professional career. Yeah, certainly Isaiah. I mean, he went on a tough note. Of course, we remember the tying shot against Northern Iowa and seconds later having his heart broken. And we saw that in that immortal picture that Longhorn mm. fans will yeah. are, it's going to be burning their image in their minds for a long time. Yeah, but Isaiah Taylor is certainly one of the best point guards to come to this program. We certainly wish him the best in his NBA career. That will wrap it up this week. From Luke Hendry and Robert Larkin, this is Off the Bench Podcast, and we'll see you next week.